this is TDTF Pod. I'm Jonathan Ariello. Contingencies and pastime. Like everyone else, we're trying to do the whole social distancing thing. In general, it works just fine. I live a, by and large, lonely life. Not lonely in the sense that, you know, I have my lovely spouse and life partner and my children. But beyond that, I really don't get together with other people. It's just not something I do. On the rare occasion, any sort of interaction would be at a grocery store or gas station or with a food service worker. And occasionally, I would run into some interaction at work. But my lovely little county, as isolated as it is, as small as a population as it is, had its first case of COVID-19. The SARS-CoV-2 is here. And I may have some inkling as to who it might have been. However, unfortunately, it's a rumor. And like any rumor, rumors are dangerous. They can have severe negative consequences. Basically create responses to something that are imaginary. I'm not saying that the case is imaginary, but the who might be. For the sake of the argument, I'm going to entertain both ideas. I'm going to entertain the possibility of me having some knowledge simply for the implications thereof. After entertaining them, I will put them to the side. Ooh, excuse me. And then I'll go back to the idea that I don't know who it was. And use that as my main. Because in truth, I don't know. It is not actual knowledge. It is hearsay of a hearsay of a hearsay. An actual hearsay, rather than fictitious hearsay, bringing up the whole impeachment situation. It's funny, part of me thinks, you know, if he would have been impeached, this particular disaster would have been responded to very differently. Maybe, you know, actually responded to, rather than fiddle-faddling around with a bunch of bullshit. Yes, I'm a bit bitter about the whole situation. And this is just an example thereof. Regardless. Say hypothetically that the person in my county who was infected worked for a trucking company. And that trunky company is one of the companies that I interface with. Now, that might mean that several of the other people in the trucking company are as well infected. Which means that I have multiple means of contact. If I knew definitively that that were the case, I'm faced with a conundrum. Do I take special precautions? Being ever oh so careful at my place of work? Or do I respond full force and quit the job? 
We live in poverty, my wife and I. We're below the poverty line, even with this job. Without it, it would be vastly worse. If push comes to shove, if push comes to shove, that may be something I need to seriously think about. For the moment, I feel as though I must continue on and just be cautious. One of the rules I was instructed is that if anyone does come close to me at work, to instruct them not to. Like, hey, you, back the fuck up. I don't give a shit, get back in your truck. I've thought of a couple things that might help with that. But then again, who knows? But I don't know if that's the case. So, I can't really respond that way. I mean, I can still say, hey, you know, back the fuck up, social distancing, regardless of the situation. It just changes the timbre, I guess, of my voice. How angry I would get, someone getting close to me. My employer left the surgical-looking masks. They're not the surgical ones. Those are the those little duck-beak-looking things. But your common sick mask, like you see at Walmart, or grocery store. The problem with those is that they don't actually... They're not 100% effective. I mean, nothing technically is, but still. Because air gets around it as you breathe in. So if there are little aerosolized droplets of virus-infected human breath, they can just go around it instead of through the thing. Which does me no good. Additionally, I've shaved a big chunk of my face in order for a mask to be better seated. I look a little weird, but willing to give that. It's a gimme. It's worthwhile, it's worth the time. sleeping well. I don't have a particular reason why, but I have. Anyhow. Either way, they also dropped off a spray bottle with bleach water. It's got little markers. This much bleach, this much water. And just from looking at the milligram, or the milliliters markers on the thing, it's about right. But still, there's that threat. So I wear a mask. I have to use work gloves regularly, so... It's a little different. temperatures are getting up there. Pretty hot, actually. Comparatively. Just my winter body not used to the heat. If my summertime body were to be in this temperature, I'd say it's chilly. 
but you just have to get used to what you have. And for those of you in the very northern climes, you could say chili pashaw. I know, I know, I know. But I need to plan. What if? My plan for self-quarantine, if I do come in contact with someone, I can't stay at home. My family's there. There's too much shared space. What I would do is, I would go to my parents. Or, I would have my lovely father drop off one of the camp trailers. Basically, it's a camper. Park it on my property, plug in the electricity, and then hole up in there with all the gear that I'd need. Nebulizer for the lungs, medication, water, and then just stay there until it was cleared. I thought about it. have my lovely family stay where they are separate because they might get sick get everyone tested as best we could out in the rural part of this area in the lovely state that I'm in I don't know how much good that would do because by the time I showed symptoms the likelihood of me of giving it to them is really high be a disastrous scenario. Basically, all of my family is immunocompromised. All of us. My wife has asthma. Two of my children do. The other one's young enough that we haven't really dealt with that situation. Although, she has gotten sick before, and her lungs sounded like garbage. So we got her an antibiotic to deal with it. She also has a skin condition, so her autoimmune system is attacking her skin. Is it psoriasis? No. What is that called? Just fell out of my head all of a sudden. Anyhow, she has that. Which means in certain parts of her body are basically open sores. I put on a special salve and given to me by the doctor. To help with it, but still. <sighs> All of us are at risk. And my parents, who. My father ticks all the boxes of an at risk asthmatic, heart condition, diabetic, over the age, blood pressure. All the things that make him being infected particularly dangerous. It's scary. And while we didn't have any cases, there was a part of me that said, you know what, we're all right. I was still cautious, you know. Generally speaking, I'm rather isolated in my life. But now, now the proof is in the pudding. The test strip or whatever they're using to do that 
shows a positive. And now my county is a threat. It was before. It was. That's why this person has it, whoever it is. And I started thinking about it. What is the most dangerous situation? Where are the contact points that have the most interaction with people from outside my area? Gas stations. There's a big one. And you have hotels and restaurants. Yeah, the hotels are shut down and have been for a while. Restaurants still have the drive-through services, although the governor recently said that you can go inside to pick up stuff. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm sure a fan of that. It makes me think that he's not dealing with this properly, not considering the seriousness of it. Even though our main heart of the state has got quite a few cases, it was 887 something like that last I looked. By now, it's peaking over into the thousands. Barely going over a thousand now. And so I think to myself, ah, come on. So it means is that going into the gas station is no longer an option for me. I'm gonna need something to sanitize the, the pump itself. As I go in, not in, but fill up fuel. Try to stay out of public restrooms as best as I can. Because my job is so isolated, I've been playing on Discord again. I've mentioned it more than once. Things there are going interesting, going well. I've had two successful sessions and the people there have enjoyed it. It's been rather positive. By the end of the session, I'm excited. I feel like I've done a good job. And I'll dance around a little bit. Hell yeah, that was awesome. Fuck us. Oh, I love that feeling. The feeling of telling a good story. And having people enthralled in it. It's a nice feeling to have. It reminds me, when I was earlier in my life... I used to fantasize about being a writer. Fantasize? Fantasize. Fantasize about being a writer and writing books, great novels. And there's a part of me that wishes to do that someday. But the way life is now, I just... I don't have it in me. Not that I don't have good stories in me. No, that's not what I mean. I don't have it in me to write them down. So I continue on as I have. <sighs> Boy. And I think to myself for a moment, what if I caught it and I died? Those stories would be gone. Not just to the world at large, but to my, my progeny. gods 
When I think to all this, the number of people who are dead now in the United States, it could have been so much less. It could have been so much less when people heard about all this initially. We could have responded then. And maybe it wouldn't have ever reached my town as it has. bastard due to his negligence and incompetence has allowed this thing to explode larger than it needed to be and for that I blame him not in the existence of the virus of course but because of his response and the lack thereof I still see on Facebook in my feed occasionally one of those Trumpers Waving their, it's bullshit. And I try to promptly put them in their place. But they are who they are, and they're not going to listen to some of the things that I say. The things that I write. Because that kind of mentality is going to cause it to spread more. the likelihood that I'll have to make those kind of decisions that I don't want to make. And then I won't have any stories to tell. So I plan. I try to be careful. And we'll see. the odd little things that I didn't think about is that in a rural area like mine not only was there a run on toilet paper but there was a run on baby chicks a couple years ago around Easter we picked out three little chickens four? four We raised them, and I kept them at my parents' house, so we can get eggs. Four little hens. One of them, unfortunately, was killed by a coyote. I can assume as much, because all that was left was feathers. No carcass, which means a predator took her. So there's three left. So this year, we were going to get three more. We went to one of the stores an IFA or a tractor supply, one of those country bumpkin stores. And they were out completely. And the cashier told us stories about how some places got out so quickly that they only had chicks for 45 minutes and then gone, all of them purchased. So I thought, okay, well, they got to get next shipment sometime. They got to get... <laughs> Excuse me. They have to get some shipment later. And they did. Called them up, said, Hey, you got a shipment? Said, Yes, we do. Should be here later this afternoon. Said, Okay. So he went to go get them. 
and we got the last three. There were people waiting at the door when they opened, they told us. They keep them in these little bins with bits of wood chippings, wood shavings. And they were in there for such a short period of time that they didn't need to clean them. As soon as they unboxed them, they started selling. And we were the last ones to get the last set. It's funny. Even though, me being me, playing out those hypotheticals of what it would be like for all that kind of crazy stuff I see in the news to happen here, when it actually does, it's still surprising. It feels alien. But it is what it is. This is TDTF Pod. I'm Jonathan Ariello. Thanks for coming along for the ride. We'll talk to you soon.